What is zero-party data? Why should you care about it? Why do you need it? What do you do with it to grow your sales? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. And if you're listening to this one as it goes live, happy new year. Um, I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing focused podcast. And if you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method or topic. Um, and each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice to help you get that marketing to work for you. This month, to kick off 2022 in style, we are focusing on the biggest challenge right now in e-commerce marketing, which is how you deal with all those cookie issues, the iOS 14 stuff, the cookie apocalypse, the cookie crisis, whatever you want to call it. It was big news in 2021. The dust is starting to settle whilst the situation is not going to change much. It's probably going to degrade a bit more, but there's now some really clear advice on what to do. And we're going to be tackling that from four different angles this month. We're going to be looking at what new marketing you need to do, what to do with your old marketing, and how to go about shifting focus. And then next month, to help you a little bit more, we're going to be looking at some offline marketing methods. Those that we saw several D2C brands trialing in Q4 2021, and which I started, some of which I started my career with back way, way back in the early 2000s. But today, we're kicking off with one of the big solutions to this problem that is zero party data. What is it? How do you get it? Why do you need it? How do you use it? Um, I met today's guest at an e-commerce conference run by the Shopify agency Swanky, and he was so brilliant at explaining all this that I had to get him onto the show so his knowledge could benefit all of you too. So prepare in a very short space of time to become a genius on the subject of zero party data. We're going to meet my guest in a second, but before we do, please check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with e-commerce marketing expert, Ben Parr. Ben is president and co-founder of Octane AI, the zero-party data marketing platform for e-commerce. He's also a best-selling author, a member of Forbes 30 Under 30, and used to be editor-at-large for Mashable. Hello, Ben. Hello. Thank you for such a nice intro. Uh, well, it's easy to write it when, when someone has as many accolades and has done as much as you have. Um, to fill in a bit more of what you've been up to over the years, how did you end up going from being editor-at-large for Mashable to being deep in this world of e-commerce? Oh, man. Okay. How do I even That's a, How do I even get there? So when I first moved to Silicon Valley, I got very lucky and I got this role being the co-editor and editor-at-large of Mashable, which is kind of probably what a lot of people still know me for. And I wrote 2,446 articles in my four years there. But... Even like when I joined Mashable, I'd always, you know, wanted to go and, you know, co-found, build a company. Uh, like part of the reason I moved to Silicon Valley was this, like that entrepreneurial spirit. I was even like, you know, helped build the entrepreneurship student group at my, like, at my university and helped build the entrepreneurship curriculum there. 
which was in that early phases back then. But I kind of had this like journey where I did that. I did a small venture fund to invest on behalf of like artists, celebrities, others into startups, which was a very fascinating time. And that led to me writing a book for HarperCollins called Captivology and the Science and Psychology of Attention, where we pay attention to certain people, products, companies, ideas, interviewed everyone from Sheryl Sandberg, Steven Soderbergh, David Copperfield, and others for the book, as well as 50 of the world's top PhDs in attention and memory. Got to like speak, tour the country, do a lot of interesting stuff, but that like itch was always there. And it was actually my co-founder, CEO, best friend of a decade, Matt, who like was the Wayne Central manager, was the head of product at uh, Ustream, which got acquired by IBM, like total genius. And he was thinking a lot about how brands and consumers communicate and connect and that the entire web was static and honestly probably still is where the conversations are the same from one brand to everybody instead of you know being personalized person to person like you know we would be having Mm -hmm. and it's like could we use conversation or something to make just like for a fundamentally better experience for the consumer and for the brand for a more personalized web where everywhere you go, it's like actually personalized to what your needs are, what you're looking for. You're not being thrown things that you're not actually interested in that you would never be interested in. And we started with the first version of that in 2016, which was focused a little bit more on chatbots and messenger. And it evolved into, you know, what we have today. We really saw in particular that it was our e-commerce customers who were really getting great value on the platform and doing super cool things. And, uh, really needed this technology more than anyone else. And so we really built for e-commerce, for Shopify. That happened in like 2018, 2019. And we've been growing like a rocket ever since. And it's been super awesome, kind of like, it's like a little bit of an accident we ended up in e-commerce, but I'm really glad we did. Just the super amazing people, super amazing entrepreneurs who are building crazy businesses that just people don't realize are just like huge businesses for like sometimes very niche things, but really important things. And it's really awesome to help enable thousands of e-commerce entrepreneurs to uh, build and grow their businesses, to personalize the relationship between them and their customers. Yeah, e-commerce is one of those places where people stumble into it and then you never leave. <laughs> it's like this community and and the data and the results all get so exciting and the trackability. It's like, we never leave. We we get here and then I'm, I'm the same, but I probably entered it a little bit earlier than you did, but you could never leave once you've really got the bug. But you talked there about how Octane AI was originally and has been all through its journey about personalizing that message between people, which I guess is why you've ended up focused on or evolved to be all about zero party data. But I think there's still a lot of people out there who have n- who are going zero party data. Oh dear God, Chloe, another buzzword. What is this thing? Um, clearly, Ben, there's no one better than you to explain to us what is zero party data. It's fascinating how much uh, the terminology has grown in the last like six months, especially. So let me let me go through different issues. It's actually quite sure, it's relatively straightforward. It's third party data is data that you borrow from others from aggregators in particular that they're aggregating across sites. This is what Facebook data is. That's what ad data, Google data is. Um, and that's going away with like, it's already started going away with iOS 14.5 with people opting out of data tracking. And it will completely go away when Google stops supporting third party cookies in 2023. First party data is the data that you're collecting through tracking. So like people are making a purchase, people are doing some behavior, people are clicking something. That's first party data. Really important to have that, especially now with third party data going away. 
But zero party data is a level deeper. It's voluntarily, it's data that your customers and prospects volunteer to you. So it's actually like them giving you information about their preferences, their needs or whatever. The equivalent is just like if you're like an associate in the store, you like at a Sephora or at another beauty brand or beauty like retail space. And you're going to ask questions about what kind of skin they have, what kind of concerns they have, what kind of color are they looking for? What kind of products are they looking for? Those are all things that really impact uh, the like purchase decision. You're going to ask those questions where, you know, we as Octane AI are just bringing that concept online and zero party data is just that concept online. And so like, you know, the simplest version is like directly volunteered data. It's almost always done through asking questions of the customer directly. Excellent explanation. I particularly like how you contrast it with third party and first party, because I think that's the only way I've ever been able to understand it is, okay, that's third, that's first, this is zero party. And you mentioned it's asked through three questions. And, you know, we've had, we had a little bit of talk kind of 12 months ago about you have your pop-up and then you have your quiz and like the best brands were doing the quiz, but it's the quiz pop-up as such, or the quiz survey that ties the data back to the CRM. That's the heart of zero party data, isn't it? So zero party data is all about asking customers questions, you know, throughout the customer journey. There are a couple of key tools for sure to do that. You know, we power two of the biggest ones. The quiz is for sure like the tool for pre-purchase that's the one where you like actually can help the customer. Like, I don't know which pet food to get. I don't know which skincare routine to have. I don't know which gift to buy. That's what a quiz really does. You can ask these kind like, you know, key questions. You know, the conversion rate is significantly higher, both from like purchase and from email or SMS collection versus like, you know, instead of like a 2% conversion rate, think like 10, 20% plus, even higher sometimes depending. And you're also collecting, and most importantly, that zero-party data that now you can leverage for a personalized email flow over a Klaviyo or an OmniSend or whichever email platform you use. Use it on your SMS platform. Use it in your loyalty. Use it in all sorts of ways that you haven't been able to do before because you have not been able to either collect this data or had a platform that could leverage this data. And so a quiz is like the like especially product recommendation quiz. That's like the basis. And they come in lots of flavors, everything from like a skincare consultation to an onboarding experience. Um, a newer one that we came out with a little bit earlier this year, called, we call conversational pop-up, which is a lot like a quiz within a pop-up. It asks, you know, primarily you want to focus on asking one question often, what are you looking for or how can I help you? And using that data to personalize like the emails they get afterwards this kind of pop-up has a much higher conversion rate and more importantly actually helps the customer. So like both, I, I kind of always, you know, make the equivalent to the in-store experience. If you walked into a store and somebody like came running up to you and being like, I'll give you 10% off if you give me your phone number right now. As soon as you enter the store, you'd be like, no, what? No. But if they came into you and they're like, what are you looking for? Can I help you? And then they said like, I have actually something I can like, you know, text it to you you're much more likely to give the phone number. It's just like the bringing like that kind of like, like it's crazy that we've accepted that these behaviors were okay online when they were not okay in person. And like, that's what conversational pop-ups do. So quiz, conversational pop-ups, two big keys to collecting zero party data. And I guess 
one of the reasons we need it is because other forms of data are no longer going to be available to us. But it does strike me a little bit as though as good marketers, as e-commerce brands who want to have a solid, good relationship with our customers that benefits both parties and brings us ever greater sales, we should be doing this anyway. It's kind of like the creme de la creme the, the data that really supercharges your marketing if it's done right, isn't it? I mean, we're getting pushed towards it because of the cookies issue, but we should have been doing it anyway. There's already, there were before the third-party data issues, there were already brands being super successful with this and like iconic brand names you're talking about, like Glossier, Trade Coffee, Stitch Fix, who all used Quiz as a central component of their experience. And it was really important. The problem always was it was really hard to replicate that because most these bigger brands would custom build a ton of things. And that's really expensive, not just to build, but to maintain versus like we provide a platform that lets you like custom, like build everything. So it looks and feels like the website. And so you can, you know, just plug it right in. And then it's already built in with integrations into your Clavio or your Zapier or your, your loyalty platform or your SMS platform. So you don't have to go through the extra work that costs tens of thousands of dollars to connect things together so that like flows can go to work. It's all just like kind of built right there. That was like one of the big barriers. And then yes, like now it's become a necessity to collect this data because if you don't have this data and like you're reliant on ads, especially you're in a lot of trouble and you don't have anything that can help you either like make the ads more targeted, which zero party data can help you do. And we can talk about that or to like vastly increase your conversions on email and SMS, which zero party data really does. Like we have a customer, GoLashes, who like updated their welcome flow using the zero party data that they collect from their Octane AI quiz. And it increased their revenue from their welcome series by 30%. And that's just like one flow, not to mention others. We had another actually in the UK, Hunter um, and Gather, they worked with one of our uh, agency partners and they increased their revenue from their flows by 200 over 200 percent some ridiculous number Whoa. because like if you if you just reference like even a little thing like in the first email being like you know like recommended like you know like it, i know you have a cat from the quiz recommended you know like cat food for your pet and i might also know like allergies or something like that small references like that vastly increase the conversion and the click-through rate and the open rate and it doesn't require a lot of work you just have to actually collect the data i'm going to come back to how we go about starting all of this in a minute but i want to you've just been outlining how powerful it is and i think it, it's one of those things people have gone oh yeah i just need a quiz and they've not thought about the real power they thought, oh, the quiz will increase my number of email signups and that stops there. But actually, you've just been outlining the powers in using the data you collect, which is why you need to do this with more than just a Google form, everybody, because um, <laughs> you need that data to go in, go into the website. So what are the kind of what are your top three ways, I suppose, of using that data to get maximum benefit from this? So one, I mean, some of us are like, this is not rocket science of the first one. First one is just like, personalize the like email flows. So take some of the data, like reference it in the subject line that like, you know, one key data point and like, you know, you could, you could make some, send some of the recommended products in the first email that you sent from a welcome series. Or like, for example, you might ask somebody if they like, if they work out a lot or not, if you're a fitness or a health brand and if they work out a bunch, you could recommend a fitness routine. If not, you could recommend a nutrition routine. So you can even send two separate kinds of emails. 
but like a little bit of personalization in that flow goes a really long way. You just have to, you know, go and do it. Uh, SMS as well, like really benefits, especially given it how conversational it is, how few words you get to like actually make an impact if you are doing SMS marketing and then leveraging it actually for ads. So if I know, again, we'll use the cat dog example. If I know that you have a cat who has uh, an affinity for tuna, I when in you leave the website, even if you didn't give the email address, you can send that data into say like the Facebook like ad manager, like automatically using the Facebook pixel, we built that integration. But then you could like reference that like in your retargeting ad to that person, to that group. It makes for a much better retargeting ad that like actually speaks to the customer. Suddenly you might have a two, three, four X increase in conversions from your ads, which is really important, especially now with uh, ad conversions dropping and ad costs skyrocketing. So like, it's just like small things like that. One other is just like actually just look at the data and see if you can learn something new about your customers. I mentioned Labs earlier. They actually use that data to realize that a majority of, of prospects coming to their store were due to eyelashes. And they didn't know that. They thought more were like uh, experienced. And so with that like realization, they built a whole like email sequence. They built a whole thing and education on how to put on eyelashes, the benefits, all that sort of thing. And that helps drive new revenue for them as well. Those little insights you don't get unless you're, again, collecting the data. It's just like asking, talking to hundreds or thousands of your customers at scale, which is always a good thing to do as an entrepreneur. Oh, always. The answer is always with the customers. Whatever the problem is, nine or 99.9%. No, no, actually, let's stick with always. It's always with the customers, the answer to your problems. Now, you said two things within those three tips, Ben, that I want to come back to. One was do a little bit of personalization goes a long way. And the other one was go and do it. And I think one of the things which has held people back from doing quizzes successfully and using the data successfully is if you go to the whiteboard and you start working out what your quiz is going to be, all of a sudden it becomes the most crazy spider chart segmented flow diagram we've ever seen with about eight layers of questioning and about a million and one different endpoints. And that A is going to take forever to to build. B, it's going to give you so much data you kind of lose track of it. So I'm assuming that one of the keys to getting started with this is to keep your quiz simple at the inter- at the beginning point? Yes. And like the other thing too is like you don't have to have just one. You can start with a simple one and then start building if you wanted to a more complex one once you've done it. But like even if a question that asks like three or four questions, you know, to start is going to give you a lot more it's going to give you infinitely more information than you might be collecting now, which would be zero. It's you just have to go and like get started. The truth too is that depending on industry, most of the questions are generally the same. And so like we have like, you know, more templates and things coming out to like even help like make this even easier. But like in beauty, we see very similar questions around like allergy, skin tone and food. We see about taste profile, food, fashion is like size, color, things like that. It's all like, you know, most of the questions you probably already know to ask. So ask the couple key ones, keep it simple. And then you can go in if you want to go and do a little bit more advanced. Uh, but we're also like coming out with a bunch of stuff to make it even easier to go and do this. We make it easy to do things like, you know, like automatically pull products to change products in your Shopify store to change in your quiz. You know, it's not anywhere near as hard anymore. And we also have like, you know, 
we have a bunch of like resources. We even have a team that will help brainstorm. We've gone through that with everyone. You start simple, start it simple. And then you can, you know, if you have like a dream quiz, you can go and build that while you're like simpler one is just like generating you revenue and customers and leads and data. I suppose it's just like the lashes example you gave. They, by running a simple quiz, they discovered a huge amount of their customers had never used their product before or a similar product, which then sends them in a totally different direction for the next quiz and the next material and the next marketing that they do. So it's, it really is a, a keep optimizing scenario where you do a little bit, optimize, learn and, and carry on through. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, Ben, um, is there anything I should have asked you about zero-party data that I haven't or that you'd like to share with the listeners before we move on? I mean, I'm mostly going to – I might repeat myself a little bit here, but uh, zero-party data definitely went from a nice-to-have to a must-have in the last six months because of iOS 14.5. And – there are just some crazy interesting ways to utilize that data. Some of which, like we're we're working on, we're building super interesting stuff. When you have a when you build enough of a large data set that you could do on the artificial intelligence side to start to like predict things, do more things. But you can't do that unless you've got the data set first. And so, as soon as possible, just start collecting that data set. Start building your zero party data set. Don't delay on that. Even if you're not, I don't have time to like set up the email flows yet. That's okay. You can do that after you've got that set up and you get a little bit of time, but you can't go back in time and collect more data, like and collect more data. The day you start collecting data, you know, like the sooner you can do that, the more data you'll have, the better your data set, the more you'll be able to do. Because this is the advantage that super big companies like Amazon and Netflix have. Large data sets to use depersonalization. That's like, their whole thing, you know, every other e-commerce brand in the world, though, should have access to that same technology, which is kind of like a part of our mission. Nicely answered, Ben. Uh, we are going to pause now for a mind of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of e-commerce marketing. Ready to turn your small e-commerce business into the next big thing? Clavio can help. It's the easy-to-use email and SMS platform that gives you everything you need to build genuine relationships with your customers. And even if you're new to marketing, Klaviyo can help you become an email expert with drag-and-drop design templates, simple insights, and made-for-e-commerce reports and recommendations. Give it a try today with a free account at klaviyo.com masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot masterplan. Okay, Ben, so far we've gone deep into zero-party data. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of e-commerce marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with e-commerce marketing, which of course does include zero-party data. Ben, are you ready for these? Oh boy. Yes, let's do this. I've been, you know, I've been practicing doing like, you know, mental push-ups, you know, running up and down stairs like Rocky, you know, I'm ready to go. I love a nice pumped guest. He's ready for these. Okay, let's start with e-commerce marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step today, what do they need to give themselves the best chance of success? I've already said a bunch of quiz things. I would say the first thing is a conversational pop-up. Like pop-ups are standard, like all across. A conversational pop-up takes five minutes. It's the entry point to any zero-party data thing. Like you ask one question, you like ask for an email, it gets results automatically. 
set up a conversational pop-up. They work four times better than a traditional pop-up. Four times? That's mad. It's the, I mean, that's a whole crazy. There's like one play by, they, te- they tweeted out, like they had like a one and a half percent conversion rate of like collecting emails from their old pop-up. Then they did a conversational pop-up. It rose to 8%. Like <gasps> numbers don't lie. That's five minutes well invested on anyone's front. Okay. Um, Ben, next up. Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve e-commerce marketing performance? Well, the answer, the optimization is all down to A-B testing, right? Like you just got to A-B test like all the little things. Like you might like have collected some data with your conversational pop-up, like A-B test two different flows. Like A-B test your like regular flow and your like zero-party data flow so you can know like what the difference in conversion is. It's just a lot of like consistent A-B testing on everything that you do just continually helps you optimize. The other thing too is like it helps you optimize the message, which I will add a second point here too, which is just the other optimization is just the more you can talk to your customers, the better your marketing will be optimized. And yes, a quiz will go and do that, but you know, also just hop on the phone with people, go in person, ask them what they're looking for. It's crazy how many new ideas and how many new things come to mind every time I go and you know chat with a customer of ours. It's just... It's the holy grails I think we've talked about earlier. Excellent answer. Okay, if someone listening wants to learn more about everything we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Uh, I will start with ours because we put together like a 40-page playbook that goes through like examples of like what the flow should exactly look like, uh, what like the step-by-step process is. Octanai.com slash playbook. It's the zero party data playbook, of course, has 50 different experts across e-commerce who've given like their time and their advice on like how to like build a more personalized store, build more optimized flows, how to leverage that data in ads, how to leverage that data in your integrations, the whole kit and caboodle. So Octanai.com slash playbook. There's a lot of awesome content there. I'm seconding that one. Anyone who wants to go down this route, I strongly advise you get it, print it, put it on the desk of everyone in the marketing um, office until you have perfected your quizzes and follow-ups because it is, you're going to be going back to it again and again. Um, so thank you for for creating that, Ben, quite frankly. Or to, thank you to your team for making that one happen. Um, finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in e-commerce marketing? Okay, let me let me pick one because I think we already know uh, third-party data going away, but I think that's too easy of an answer. I'm thinking a lot about like the like it's been interesting the last couple of years at e-commerce. Right, 2020 was you know a horrible year for the world, but a great year for e-commerce. Weirdly, right, and obviously a lot of e-commerce brands grew. This year has been rough on e-commerce brands, both from uh, the like ad side with iOS 14.5 and the supply chain side. I think a lot of what I'm like thinking about is how things will evolve. I think that the supply chain will get better and there's a lot of focus on that. I have no predictions when it comes to economic conditions, but I do think that there will be a greater emphasis on retention, loyalty, and subscription in the next year because it will be harder to drive new customers through the existing channels, you know, and the more that you can get out of the existing customer base, 
you know, the better, the cheaper your cost, the better things are going to go and be. And yeah, there's like, it's going to be an exciting time next year. There's a bunch of big companies in the space, you know, both e-commerce brands and e-commerce SaaS tech companies that are going to IPO. We've been starting to see some IPOs. Allbirds just IPO'd. I think there's a lot of super interesting opportunity. I think the next generation of like super awesome, huge, successful e-commerce brands are really going to be brand heavy. They're going to be successful on places like TikTok. They're going to be less reliant than the last generation was on ads. And they're going to be very focused on loyalty, retention, conversion, and subscription. That was a phenomenal answer, Ben. You've given us all plenty to think about. And um, and I, I personally think you're spot on. Well, look, Ben, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? You can find me in this in this white office room. No, uh, you can <laughs> find me online. Uh, so let's start with Octanea. That's Octanea.com, O-C-T-A-N-E-A-I.com. We have like all the things. You should definitely take the Octanea like quiz. We have a quiz we eat our own dog food. We have our own quiz to like help you figure out like what the ROI you can get is and like the step-by-step of what you should do to get started in zero-party data. So definitely take the quiz if you're an e-commerce brand. Uh, and then add Octane AI on every social network from Instagram to Twitter. And then I'm at Ben Parr, B-E-N-P-A-R-R on every social media channel you can think of. So feel free to shoot me a tweet or shoot me a comment or a DM or something like that. Excellent. Thank you, Ben. And thanks so much for explaining zero-party data and what, how we get it and how we use it in, with such clarity. I know you'll have helped an awful lot of the listeners. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, a clear guide to zero-party data. So the key thing is it's the data the customers willingly give you, not that you track as they're on your website or that you track from what they click in their emails, but when you ask them a question and they give you an answer and handled right, you can use that data to do mass segmentation and personalization across your email marketing, your SMS, programmatic DM if you're doing that. And of course, also integrate it with your ads. I particularly liked what Ben was saying about how Even if someone hasn't given you an email address, you can manage to put them into a custom audience on Facebook using the answers they've given as they went through the quiz. And also, as he mentioned, the conversational pop-up is a great place to start. Key things to remember. One, keep it simple when you start. Don't resist my temptation, which is always to create the most complicated family tree style diagram in the world and then spend three months building it. Don't do that. Do the five-minute conversational pop-up version so you're starting to collect that data. And then do some of the segmentation, do some of the personalization, test it, see what happens and build out as the data suggests you so to do. You can get the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. It's brilliant to have you listening. Next week, we're going to be exploring another post-cookie apocalypse marketing solution. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And please do tell your fellow e-commerce marketers about the show because this month we really are bringing you exactly the things you need to be considering in your plans and doing in your plans to make 2022 as strong as it possibly can for you. And the whole point of this show is to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. So if you can help us spread the word, that would be awesome and we can help so many more people. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. 
Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.